The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. And I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of a powerful series titled Christian Healing, and it is based on Charles Fillmore's book, Christian Healing. And I have requested that everyone who is listening to this uh, episode or these episodes, whether it's live or via podcast later on the website, on iTunes or Stitcher, that you actually get the book. Buy the book, find a free version online. You can get it on iTunes and Play Store. I think Play Store. I don't know about iTunes, but I'm sure you can. But I'm sure Play Store has it. And it's it's minimal cost or no cost. So if you want a, a, a paperback version, you'll pay a little bit more, but you'll have it and you can do your highlighting and all that other good stuff. But this book to me is Charles Fillmore's fundamental book. What I mean by that is this, you know, in his writings, he seems to be a stream of consciousness writer. But on this book, because it was his first one, he seems to really want to make sure that it's step by step. The chapters build on themselves. Um you know, he sticks to the basics of Christian metaphysics that evolved to what we now call new thought. I mean, it's, um, you know, all I can say is it's a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece. So make sure you get the book and follow along. This week we're doing um, the chapter or lesson titled the formative power of fault thought excuse me the formative power of thought lesson four and he has a lot of good stuff in this chapter i'm going to read one sentence and then i'm going to jump away from the book and deal with the statement um that i read and break it down on page 40 it is written that the body is moved by thought is universally accepted but that thought is also the builder of the body is not so widely admitted. Now, thought is the builder of the body. And this chapter is called the formative power of thought, form, formative. In other words, thought is forming, shaping, and molding life. But what is thought? 
Now, according to the same author in the book, The Revealing Word, which is a definition of metaphysical terms, he defines thought as a product of thinking, a mental vibration or impulse. I like the term, the definition, a mental vibration or impulse. So through the process of what we call thinking, we have a byproduct. The byproduct is thought. He says each thought is an identity that has a central ego around which all its elements revolve, which means that every thought has a a purpose or intent that was created by the thinker. So when you have a thought about money, a thought about health, a thought about relationships, a thought about success, a thought about race, a thought about gender, a thought about age, whatever, that thought is going to be consistent with the intent of the thinker. All right. So anyway, moving on, he goes on to say that every thought clothes itself in a life in a life form according to the character given to it by the thinker. Then he goes on to talk about thoughts of things. All right. And he goes on and on. But what I love is how he starts to talk about how do you control thought in this definition? He states, thought is controlled by the right use of affirmation and denial, the power of the mind to accept and reject. All right. So we control thought by what we say yes to. And we say we control thought by what we say no to. And that's really powerful. Remember, Jesus said, let your speech be yes, yes or no, no. In the old King James version, it was yay, yay or nay, nay. But really is let your speech be yes, yes, or no, no. We control our thinking by what we say yes to. Now, you might say, well, I'm not saying yes to all of these things, but sometimes you say yes, um, not consciously. But, you know, you say yes to um, the the beliefs that are swirling around about what it means to be whatever you are. I could I could accept a lot of things of what it means to be an African-American male in the United States and whatever I think that means or whatever I accept by what the media says or what the world says or what the whoever says, politicians or whatever, then that I could accept that to be my experience. I can remember when I was a kid and in, in the 80s in high school, my, you know, I can remember hearing, you know, People say, well, you know, young black males are an endangered species. And that rubbed me the wrong way because I would I would tell my friends, I was like, why would I ever claim to be something that's endangered? Now, I got the point they were trying to get people's attention. But at the same time, I'm not going to affirm that I'm an endangered species. That didn't make sense to me. And I didn't know anything about new thought. But I did have the ability to think. And my ability to think said that doesn't reside with my soul. Soul, so I'm not going to affirm that. So thought is formative. What are you creating with your thought? All right. On the definition on page 192 of the revealing word, under thinking, he says that thinking is the formulating process of mind. The formulating process of mind. So to think is to form. To think is to shape, to think is to, as the old metaphysicians used to say, co-create. Realize how powerful your mind is. One last definition out of the revealing word before we get back into the chapter. Things on page 192. Charles Fillmore writes that things are thoughts lowered in vibration to the level of sense perception. He says the things that appear are the formulations of man's ideas of himself and God. Back of everything is a thought. Back of everything is a thought. So when you start seeing people behave in certain kind of ways, when you see yourself behaving in a certain kind of way, what's the thought behind that? You think you're doing it for one reason, and it's really something else. 
or somebody might have an intent that's different than what their actions are showing up. In other words, what I mean by that, you know, some people can pretend to be one way and not another. That's why you have to be able to discern what's the thought, what's the belief, what's the intent behind this action. This is why you do your prayer work. This is why you do your stillness work. This is where you become a person of discernment. So you can look at a thing and see the thought behind the thing. Because if thoughts are things, then things come from thought. What is the thought behind the thing? In other words, what is what is the thinking behind this experience? What are the beliefs behind this experience? What is the context behind this experience? It's just gives you something to think about. All right. So back to the book. Again, he says that the body is moved by thought is universally accepted, but that thought is also the builder of the body is not so widely admitted. And then he goes on to talk about how an experiment in Harvard University where, you know, they they were having people think and how the blood would rush from one part of the body to another to prove as we move the, our intent, even the body reacts to it. And now what I love about this uh, example is he was studying what Harvard was doing. And this book was published in 1909, which tells me that modern day spirituality thinkers, metaphysicians, new thought practitioners or whoever should be blending and studying what the latest sciences are saying about the mind. That's why I read Deepak Chopra. That's why I read Larry Dossie. That's why I read Greg Braden. That's why I read anybody I can get my hands on, Dr. Daniel Amen. Why? Because we need to know what the cutting edge stuff is saying because the cutting edge stuff supports new thought. Moving on. All right. He goes on to say on page six, because I'm getting right to it. He says that on page 42, not page six, excuse me, page 42, chapter six in this Paragraph six in this chapter, man is the epitome of being. What does that mean? Epitome means the highest expression of or example of. So as far as we know, the human being as a threefold being, spirit, soul, body is the epitome of God or creation. In other words, we are not aware of even at a physical level. A creation higher than us. But when Fillmore is speaking of this, he's not just talking about the physical body or the physical universe. He's speaking to man or humanity as God's idea of itself. So if you're God's idea of itself, then how can you be anything higher? That's the whole shebang. That's the whole show. That's all of it. So when you realize that you are the epitome of being, then you start to work with it. He goes on to say, psychology finds his soul responding to all the emotions, sensations, and vibrations of the sentient world around him, about him, excuse me. And spiritual science discerns that his superconsciousness is inspired with all the ideas fundamental in divine mind. Man then is the key to God and the universe, and he may know all things by studying his own constitution. Supreme in this constitution is mind. Man must base all his researches on mind because mind is the starting point of every thought and act. That was a lot to swallow. What is it saying? It's saying that just as psychologists are studying how we respond to the physical world, the metaphysical spiritual scientists, as he calls them, spiritual science, is studying how our Christ mind, our superconscious mind, divine mind within us, is inspiring us with the ideas of God and 
through that realization, re-understand that the key to understanding God in the universe is wrapped up in understanding the consciousness of humankind. To this day, there are arguments in science, in the medical fields, over what consciousness is. No one can fully explain it. There are two sides. There are those who believe that consciousness is more like a universal intelligence that functions through the brain, and the brain is a transmitter, sort of like a radio or a phone, sort of like you have the satellite or you have something that's being transmitted from uh, a base that's projecting it, and you need a receiver to pick it up. The, pick up the signal like satellite TV, like a cell phone, like a radio. In other words, the signal is here, but you need a receiver in tune to that specific station. So there are those who believe that consciousness is, is, is non-local immaterial and uses the brain as a transmitter of that individual consciousness or soul or awareness of being. Then there are those who are on the other side of the fence who believe that consciousness is created or produced by the brain and there is no such thing as consciousness or awareness outside of the brain. And because there always will be arguments if the way to measure things is based upon the physical and consciousness is non-physical, where people will say their evidence proves their side versus the other side and vice versa. Obviously I'm on the side that consciousness produces form and consciousness works through the form, whether that form be the body, whether that form be our life role and affairs. I'm not of the opinion that the body and the physical universe is the generates consciousness or generates a belief in a God or spirituality, because some of that is has some of that is also promoted by the concept that the brain produces all this God stuff, consciousness stuff, religion stuff, spirituality stuff, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that we're conduits. As I believe it was Emerson who wrote, you know, every man is an inlet and can become an outlet of God. That's a very powerful statement. Now, I'm going to drill down on that statement when we come back from the first break. We have about a minute and a half. What I do want to remind you of, though, is that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, freely give. Uh, You can click on the donate button at Unity Online Radio's website, which is www.unity.fm, www.unity.fm. Click on the donate button. If If you're listening to this show six months from now or three years from now, you can still do the same. Why? Because we are dedicated to making sure that this message of transformation is spread all over the world. Because when people are awakened to who they are and when they realize the oneness of humanity, it will help alleviate many of the traumas and drama that goes on in the world because we don't know we're one. And it's easy for me to treat you a particular kind of way when I don't see you as I see myself. As Jesus said, you know, um, he said, you know, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me, et cetera, et cetera. And when his disciple says, you know, Lord, when do we see you? When he said, you know, what you have what you have not done for the least of these, my brethren, you haven't done for me. And what you have done for the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. So. Let's make sure that we get out there and help support our brothers and sisters with this truth. 
We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, An Upgrade for the 21st Century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're in the midst of the book, Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. I also want to remind you that you can call in and ask questions at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. This is important because if you have questions, make sure you reach out to me. Also, you can reach out to me via my Facebook page, which is Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. You can, you know, put questions on my wall or you can inbox me if it's more private. But just know, well, one, I don't give advice, but, you know, I can I can respond with the principle to a particular question. That being said, I'm accessible. Also, I just want to remind you that uh, that the Universal Foundation for Better Living is having this panorama of truth conference in Jamaica this year and Montego Bay, to be exact. And it's on August 5th through the 9th. You can go to www.ufbl.org for more information, www.ufbl.org for more information. I want to read something about the formative power of thought. And this definition might seem tough, but I want you just to just allow spirit to speak to you. And if it's for you, great. And if it isn't, just lay it aside. This is from the book, You Are Always Your Own Experience by Tom Johnson. He wrote in the foreword, 
each of us interprets our own individual world through our own consciousness. We cannot see the beauty and magnificence that is everywhere present unless there, excuse me, we cannot see the beauty and magnificence that is everywhere present unless we are seeing through a consciousness of love of the total self. We often ask ourselves, why did this happen to me? It happened because yourself is always directing mind to create the experience of yourself. Whatever happens can only be interpreted through your now state of mind, through your now identity. Things and people are automatically in your life, but they are only there to correspond to your self-image and to your self-expression. No one has ever done anything to you. No one has ever given you anything or taken it away. You are always your own experience. Now, just allow that to resonate. And I'm not saying you have to believe it. Just allow it to resonate. And if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't, lay it aside. It's not necessary to argue and fight with something. If it resonates with your soul, allow it to. Okay. All right. One other thing from this book on page 13, he wrote that Tom Johnson yourself. And when he says yourself, self with a capital S, he's talking about U.S. mind action in this context. Yourself is not the people in your world because they are only in your life because of what you are giving, because the law of attraction has drawn them to you. You are not your yesterday experience because that has already become visible. You are what you are. You are today. You are the image and likeness of God, which is today. You are that which is, not that which was. Therefore, in your self-awareness, you are dealing with qualities rather than things. You are dealing with your potential rather than that which you have already expressed. All right. So, all right. I'm not going to one day. I think I might teach this book in totality because it's so good that it really builds on some real core fundamentals. All right. I want to read this definition from the book Working with the Law by Raymond Hollywell. Now, I have several versions of this book, so my page numbers might be different, but this is in chapter two, the law of thinking. And I think it's really good. This is page 27 for me where he writes, and this all goes back to the formative power of thought. What I'm trying to do is give you extra information so you can see how it all ties in together. Then we'll go back to the book because it's saying the same thing. He writes, the ruling state of mind is made up of various mental attitudes which the individual adopts towards things, events, and life in general. If his attitudes are broad in mind, optimistic in tone, and true to life, his predominant mental state will correspond and exhibit a highly constructive and progressive tendency. As almost all the forces of the personality function through the conscious mind in one way or another, and as the daily mental and physical acts are largely controlled by the conscious mind, it is obvious that the leading mental state will determine the direction in which the powers of the individual are to proceed. Now, I'm going to read that last sentence again. It is obvious that the leading, I have written next to leading in my book, Dominant. It is obvious that the leading or dominant mental state will determine the direction in which the powers of the individual are to proceed. So where you direct your thought is where you're directing your innate power. Where you direct your thought is where you are directing your innate power. Your leading mental state will guide your life. Now, we, we all have passing thoughts. Oh, that would be nice if I had this. Oh, it would be great if I did that. But that's not our dominant mental state. That's not our leading mental state. The dominant mental state or the leading mental state is what counts. All right. He goes on to say. <clears throat> on page 29. 
He writes, thought is a subtle element. Although it is invisible to physical sight, it is an actual force or substance, as well as electricity, light, heat, water, or even stone. We are surrounded by a vast ocean of thought stuff through which our thoughts pass like currents of electricity or tiny streaks of light or musical waves. You can flash your thoughts from pole to pole, meaning North Pole to South Pole, completely around the world many times in less than a single second. Scientists tell us that thought is compared with the speed of light. They tell us that our thoughts travel at the rate of 186,000 miles per second. Our thought travels 930,000 times faster than the sound of our voice. So by the time you've spoken it, you've already thought and processed something. You know, to, to use a child word a gazillion times. That's not a real word for those. But anyway, the point that I'm making is this really understand what's actually happening when we are thinking. All right. Then he says something very powerfully and uh, well, a couple of things on page 30 and 31, and then I'm going back to Christian healing, but I really want you to get these two points. What three points that I'm going to read on page 30. He writes, it is our power to think that determines our state of living. It is our power to think that determines our state of living. So I can't outperform my own thinking. I can't outperform because my actions will always be consistent with how I think. The next point is if we take the thought of success and keep it in mind, the thought elements will be attractive for like attracts like. We're mentally drawn to the universal thought currents of success, and these thought currents of success are existent all around us. We will psychically contact minds who think along the same lines, and later such minds will be brought into our lives. Therefore, successfully, excuse me, successful-minded people help success to come to them. This is how successful living is founded. So he's saying when you have your mind in a certain way, Mentally or psychically, you contact those who are of like mind and you are drawn together. If you're wondering what type of mind you currently have or state of consciousness, look at the people that are consistently being attracted to it. What type of people are you comfortable around? What type of people do you seek out? Even to the standpoint of, you know, consciousness, what are you attracted to? Because, and I'm not talking about from the standpoint, just to be clear, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about types. Types. Because some people complain about a particular type, but they always are finding that type. And I'm saying, Be mindful of that. What's the state of consciousness? Again, what's the thought behind this action? What's the thought behind this experience? Going back to working with the law, I have two more points I need to read from this book before I put it down. And I think, again, this might be another book I might teach. Um, Yeah. Anyway, moving along. He says, the law of mind is in perpetual operation and it works both ways. In other words, there's no such thing as not demonstrating. Consciousness is always demonstrating itself. Consciousness is always producing results. Life is consciousness. Demonstrated. So when it says it's in perpetual operation, there's no such thing as turning it off. You're either intentionally working with divine law or you're not. So the book says persons who dwell on thoughts of failure or poverty will gravitate toward like conditions. They in turn will draw to them people who accept failure and poverty. On the other hand, we can think of positive conditions on success and plenty and in the same manner, enjoyful and plenty. What the mind holds within takes its form in the outer world. 
What the mind holds within takes its form in the outer world. What are you holding on to? What beliefs? What concepts? What ideologies are you holding on to? What mama said, what daddy said, what grandma said, is it still beneficial? Is it still productive? Many of those things are. Some of them aren't. You have to know what to hold. You have to know what to release. All right. So he goes on to say some things, some think that we must deal with two forces. That is to attract the good, we must do away with the bad. But that is not true. For example, if we are cold, we do not work with cold and heat alike in order to get warm. We build a fire. And as we gather around the fire, we enjoy the heat that is extended from it and become warm. As we build up warmth, the cold disappears, for cold is the absence of heat. Or I would say a degree of heat that maybe not might not be accept, <laughs> acceptable to you. To be warm, we give our whole thought to those things which tend to create warmth. We ignore the cold and thinking of heat and bring forth heat. Prosperity and poverty, he writes, are not two things. They are merely two sides of one and the same thing. They are but one power, rightly or wrongly used. I'm going to read that again because this is teaching Charles Fillmore's concept of the formative power of thought. Prosperity and poverty are not two things. They are merely two sides of one and the same thing. They are not, excuse me, they are but one power rightly or wrongly used. So the same power that that prospers you is the same power that will impoverish you. The same power that will make you healthy is the same power that will make you sick. But somebody said, well, isn't God good? Absolutely. We're talking about the law of mind. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. That's the point. Thoughts held in mind produced after their own kind. There's only one presence and one power. How am I, as a thinker, working with the power? So he says we cannot think of plenty and then worry about unfavorable conditions that may seem apparent. We cannot we we think about plenty and as we think of it, lack its opposite will become absorbed or disappear. All thoughts must be directed to that one thing which we desire in order that our desire may be fulfilled. All of our thoughts, not some of them, all of our thoughts must be directed to that one thing which we desire in order that our desire may be fulfilled. So he says one last thing, and I'm closing this book and I want to use the last third of the show to get back into Fillmore. He writes, The mind force is creating continually like fertile soil. Nature does not differentiate between the seed of a weed and that of a flower. She produces and causes both seeds to grow. The same energy is used for both. And so it is with the mind. The mind creates either good or bad. Your ideas, I would say your thoughts, your ideas determine that, excuse me, your ideas, I would say again, thoughts determine which is to be created. Whatever the seed thought is, the mind will produce. We've come up to our last break, so we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. 
That's www.chrismichaels.net. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, again, I'm in the midst of teaching Christian healing by Charles Fillmore. So let's get back to the book now, because I think I've kind of covered what I wanted to cover with the supportive work. And I really want to drill home a few things from this chapter because I, all I really want to get across is this, there's power in your ability to think the formative power of thought. All right. So on page 43 of Christian healing, Charles Fillmore writes, thought is the creative power by which man builds a mentality and a body of perfection. So Fillmore was a big believer that the body could be molded and shaped by the thinking to create health. Now, again, Fillmore was a, a physical immortalist. What does that mean? He That means that he believed that you can think the body to the place to where it can have a non-dying state. And I don't know what that meant exactly from the context. I've read a lot of stuff on this. Uh, his beliefs, I don't know if it was sort of like beam me up, Scotty, you've done your work here and you don't physically die and you transcend sort of like Elijah or something in the Bible. Uh, translate is what they call it biblically. I'm not promoting that. What I am saying is if a if through prayer. Let me rephrase that. If anybody has ever had a healing through prayer, through visual 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 uh, visualization through meditation, through spiritual mind treatment, through affirmation and denial, if any faith healing, laying on hands, if anybody has ever been healed that way, then it's possible that anyone can do it. And since we know that it has happened and we have proof that people who had sick, cancerous, and other disease cells and experiences have had those experiences become dormant and healthy cells are produced. Then if sick disease cells can be transformed through the power of consciousness, through the power of spirit, through the power of God or whatever your religious belief is, Jesus healed me, Buddha healed me or whatever. That's your belief. You're only really dealing with mind action. So if the sick cell can become a healthy cell, then how come the mind can't continually regenerate healthy cells? That's a really good question. And I'm not saying that I have an answer for it, but it's a good question because it makes you ponder. Just because the world says this is how my body is supposed to act or react or behave at a certain age does not mean that it does because I can think differently. Now I can also do things that support that level of thinking. In other words, while I'm thinking health, I get up off the couch and put the cookies down and actually 
move my body, exercise my body. Because if I believe that I can, that I'm vital and I'm strong, then that means that exercise and sports and play isn't just for children or young adults. It's for everybody. Now, does that mean you could do it at the level of, uh, 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 you know, a, you know, what Russell Westbrook or LeBron James? Maybe, maybe not. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you really can't do it well and hold the trend of thought that says you have to show up a certain way because of age. Just think about that. So if anybody has ever been healed through prayer, you can as a possibility. If anybody ever had the X-ray or the CAT scan or the MRI or whatever change then it's possible that that can happen for you. That's what I want you to get. Sometimes all you can grasp is it's possible. You might not be able to say, I know I can do it. I used to love this, uh, you know, my brother in spirit, uh, the motivator, Les Brown, used to say it all the time. Sometimes all you can say is it's possible. It's possible. You might not be able to say, yes, I can. But you can say it's possible. And if you can hold on to the possibility of it working, your mind will shift because possibilities create opportunities. Back to the book. It says. He says, man, understand, understandingly uses his creative thought power by mentally perceiving the right relation of ideas. So by putting certain ideas together, you get certain results like love and wisdom going together to create harmony. You know, I call love and wisdom uh, the chicken and biscuits. Like you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, you get a chicken and you get a biscuit. I see the same thing that you can't engage with one without the other. I always have love and wisdom. All right. Then he goes on to talk, talking about the scientific basis of new thought. The bottom of page 43, he says, Christianity is a science because it's governed by scientific principles of mind action. So if they're governed by scientific principles of mind action, then that means I need to study how mind action works. I need to study how divine law works. I need to study how thoughts become things. I need to study Thoughts held in mind produced as their own kind. I need to study the superconscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind. I need to understand what makes me tick because when I understand the principles, I can get desired demonstrations instead of random demonstrations that just show up in life. All right. Back to the book. Page 44. Chapter. This book has so much good stuff in it, but we can't cover it all. But that's why you read yourself. All right. The book says. In paragraph 10, the study of the mind and its innumerable manifestations reveal often the difference between a thing and the mind in which the thing has its original impetus as an idea. Life in divine mind is unlimited as an idea back of perpetual omnipresent action. But man's thought uh, man's thought it may, but by man's thought, it may be subjected to many limitations. What is he saying? He's saying that life as a divine idea working through your consciousness, working through your soul is already perfect. But our thinking can limit its demonstration in our lives. I like to uh, use the analogy of a faucet. If your water is on, it's always on. The faucet actually closes the natural flow of the water. So that water is always ready to pour out. And left without the the faucet, it would just pour. Period. It would just pour. So picture your mind like a faucet that's that's only turned slightly and allowing the water to drip out. When it was meant to pour out. So you're supposed to have health, energy, vitality, vigor. That's supposed to 
pour out instead of dripping out. The substance of God is an idea. The idea and divine mind of perfect form. The substance is, is, is our concept of how we are supplied with prosperity or, or abundance. And instead of substance as supply, prosperity, abundance, and money pouring out, it's dripping out because it's being constricted and restricted by the way we think. Just let that settle. By the way we think. Love is supposed to be omnipresent in our experience, pouring out not just in intimate relationships, but with our children, with our parents, with our siblings, with our cousins, with our uncles and aunties and nieces and nephews and friends and co-workers and strangers, because love is. But my thinking can restrict and constrict how love shows up in my experience. Love is an attracting force of good, but if I am demagnetizing my own magnet by the way I think, it can't show up the way I want it to. That's the formative power of thought. That's how powerful we are. Last point. He gives some affirmations on this in this book that I think are really good because, again, you can read these um, the paragraphs yourself because this chapter has a lot of stuff and I know I read a lot of other things today. But I don't want to just read a book and not give you the context of things that can help you. In other words, I'm trying to create a paradigm for you to to see from, not see into, see from. And by connecting it with different authors, it helps possibly trigger your mind differently by hearing it differently. So go to the affirmations on page 48 or 49 or whatever the, the pages are for your book and pick out three affirmations out of the 13 and work with them for one week until next week's show. And again, what are you doing? You are building a new state of consciousness brick by brick. In other words, thought by thought. You are building a temple of the Lord in your consciousness. Where the Lord or your awareness of who you are in God can reside in your consciousness. As a conscious awareness not as a subjective experience that you are most of the time totally unconscious of acting in and through your life. So be mindful of that. Be mindful of that. Uh, So next week, we're going to work with how to control thought. How to control thought. So read the chapter ahead of time. So you'll be prepared and then we'll work with it. I would still like hearing from you all. I noticed since I went back to just hardcore teaching, no one is calling me anymore. When I was doing those interview shows, I was getting calls all the time. So I want to hear from you. If you're listening to the show, even if you don't have a question, if what I'm saying is, is, uh, is impacting you in a positive way, call and let me know. All right. We are out of time. So I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. 
Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Examine what it means to be sacred activists in service of compassion and justice. We may find ourselves asking, how do we become a sacred activist? Institute for Sacred Activism founder Andrew Harvey says, follow your heartbreak. His advice echoes Gandhi, who once said, whenever you are in doubt, apply the following test. Recall the face of the poorest and the weakest person whom you may have seen and ask yourself if the step you contemplate is going to be of any use to them. Will they gain anything by it? Will it restore them to a control over their own life and destiny? So, whenever in doubt about the direction of your life, just ask yourself, what breaks my heart? Whose suffering is simply too much to bear? And then commit your life to alleviate it. Don't turn your face away from the pain and injustice that is so prevalent in our world. Courageously bear witness to it. And in prayer, dedicate your life to healing it. Gain more spiritual insight. Listen to Radical Spirituality and Sacred Activism with Adam Bucko, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. is a divine spark. As you feed your mind, body, and spirit with inspiration, the spark becomes a flame. Unity Online Radio provides the fuel to ignite your passion, creativity, and more during our special Ignite Your Life series. Tune into the series at unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. Connect with your source and ignite your life. That's unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. ever find yourself stuck slow down and breathe bring to mind a person who you admire ask yourself what actions would they take would they make a list of possibilities how about making a list of the things that they're grateful for here's another reaching out and asking the person you admire for guidance finding yourself stuck is similar to being in a dark room with messengers of fear invading your goodness Pick yourself up, cut a hole in that wall, and let the light in today. Get more inspiration. Listen to Clarity 101 with Glenda Gibbs on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. Take the first step. You're worth it.
culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. 